Welcome to the Den Tapes, a podcast uh, dedicated to the reading of horror fiction. I'm your host, Tony. So go ahead and sit back, relax, and let's see if we can give you a case of the heebie-jeebies. This week's episode contains explicit graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. This week's story is called The New Guard. The exposed brick, the dark trim along the entranceway, and the backsplash of subway tiles in the kitchen had Jamie Lynn convinced that the cost of the place would be well out of her range. Probably astronomical, she thought. Well, I only won 37.5. She's a, she's a steal. Jimmy Lynn heard the short, stout man in front of her nearly whisper the words, almost as if he didn't want anyone else but Jamie Lynn to hear him speak them. As if speaking the price too loudly would cause a mad rush to the front door, scaring off his only potential buyer. Bullshit. Her hand came up quickly to cover her mouth after she blurted it out. As she felt the redness of her cheeks rise, the man shook his head and smiled. He waved his hand in the air to let her know that the outburst was not only welcomed, but he found it very humorous. She stood there, slack-jawed, and then asked, I okay, I gotta know. Murder? Suicide? A murder-suicide or some sort of cult activity? What's going on here? Jamie Lynn kept a joking tone, hoping it was none of the above as to why the house had such a low price tag. Oh, oh, none of those. That, That we are aware of. The latter part of the statement, rolling off the realtor's tongue playfully as if to say, Oh, heavens no, not yet. Jamie Lynn didn't catch the attempt at humor because she was now taking in the copper molding that lined the ceiling. Oh my god, that's that is just beautiful. Hey, mister, do you do you take cash? I can I can be back here within the hour with 138,000. The man chuckled. Oh, oh, that'd be just fine and it's only 137 and a half. You don't need to embellish it. She smiled her best patronizing smile and rebutted with. Oh, how about 500 for being the best dressed man in town? He was tickled at the compliment. Sweetheart, you're too kind. I'll meet you back here in an hour, he said with a look of accomplishment written all over his face. When moving day came, Jamie Lynn had everything planned to a T. There was zero room in the day for wasted time if they were going to get everything into the house flawlessly over the span of one full day. Mom, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine, she said into the air. From her phone sitting atop one of the moving boxes, her mom's condescending words rang. If you only had a husband, that would help. 
You strong, strapping men are good for these kinds of things. Jamie Lynn rolled her eyes, wishing her mom was in the room to see her do so. Mom, we've gone over this. I have zero interest in men. You know that. Hopefully, one of these days, you'll maybe actually acknowledge that. Her mom ignored her reply. Your father and I will be down there by week's end. Hopefully, you'll have a place for us to sleep. Oh, and don't forget, we'll need his bottle of scotch to end each night with. The tone of her voice changed from condescending to demanding when she spoke the words. Okay, bye, Mom. See you then. Jamie Lynn scoffed before she pressed the big red button on the screen to end the call. Well, she's a peach, isn't she? Tawny said as she came into the room with a bin labeled with the words, Cables. She's just so stuck in her ways, stubborn old bird. Being so hush-hush about her lesbian daughter has clearly turned her into a sage of total ignorance. Jamie Lynn pointed towards a stack of similar bins. Go ahead and put that over there. Tawny gently stacked it on top of another and scurried over to Jamie Lynn. Tickling her from behind, she playfully added, Mommy, mommy, gonna love old Tawny. Jamie Lynn cackled and grabbed Tawny's wrists to pull her in for an around-the-waist hug. Well, it doesn't matter what my shrew of a mother thinks. I love old Tommy Wommy Tawny. She spun her around, kissed her, and pulled her back quickly, looking Tawny deep in the eyes. Wow, your eyes are so stunning. You know, they were the first thing I noticed about you. I don't think I've ever seen eyes that vibrant of a green before. Tawny pretended to become bashful, holding the look as long as she could before bursting into laughter. The movers ambled quickly through stacks of boxes and bins, scurrying around the furniture. The truck was packed by noon, Jamie Lynn and Tawny told the moving crew to meet them at docks on the river for lunch. Jamie Lynn had become a very successful music producer specializing in scoring films. She had just landed a job creating the ambient backdrop for the next big thriller slated to hit theaters the weekend of Halloween. The paycheck was how she bought the new house and the eight previous films she had scored upped her savings to almost seven figures. Tawny thought springing for lunch was a bit bombastic, but Jamie Lynn assured her, Babe, all the snide comments and rude looks I've gotten living here make it well worth it to show the people of this fine little town that a gay woman who plays music for a living has way more money than they do. So yes, bombastic is a good description of how I like to throw my money around. Tawny made a playful but agreeable face causing Jamie Lynn to smirk. From doorstep to doorstep, it was a three-hour drive, plus an hour and a half for lunch. It would put them at the new house just past four o'clock. Plenty of time to get the truck unloaded so Jamie Lynn and Tawny could finally settle down in a much more liberal, much more welcoming, much larger community than Clarksburg. When Jamie Lynn came across homes for sale in Shepherdstown on Zillow, she was hell-bent on getting out of Clarksburg. 
The building where she rented her studio space was owned by a rickety old slab of skin who was raising the rate, hoping she would not renew her lease. Oh, having a woman of your nature in this building is making a few of the other tenants here just a little uncomfortable. I'm, I'm sure you understand, right? He told her with a pure belief that he wasn't saying anything wrong. He got what he wanted. He got what he wished for. She packed up her studio that afternoon and told him to go fuck himself. Over dinner that night, she was on the computer searching for any place more fitting, less Bible-oriented than Clarksburg. Shepherdstown, being known for its art scene as well as a safe haven for alternative living peoples, made the decision to sell her current home and buy one there very easy. Just look at this place, Tawny, Jamie Lynn said as they both took in the historic beauty of the town on their drive-in. It really is perfect, Tawny added. When Jamie Lynn's mother and father arrived, Tawny had a surprise for them. In town near the college was an old townhouse that she had rented for them on Airbnb. As she introduced herself, she handed Jamie Lynn's father a bottle of 12-year scotch. He smiled and pulled her in for a hug. It's a pleasure to finally meet you, he said. Her mother, while handing Jamie Lynn her bag to hang up, addressed Tawny with her thick southern drawl. Why aren't you about the prettiest thing I have ever seen? Tawny gave her an oh-you-hush look and gave her a big hug. You're too kind, she returned with. My word, your eyes, look at those. What a gorgeous green. Tawny blushed. Are you... Are, oh no, you're blushing, aren't you? Jamie Lynn asked while laughing. Mom, I have never seen her blush. You may have just broken some world record here. They all went out to dinner that evening at what the girls had been told was the best place in town. The locals, Mom, they rave about this place, Jamie Lynn mused as they sat at their table. It was about halfway through the meal that Jamie Lynn noticed some of the people seated around them seemed to be staring. At first, she figured it was because there were two women kissing and holding hands, but it became clear that almost everyone had affixed their gaze onto Tawny. She pulled Tawny in and whispered in her ear, Dude, everyone here is giving you such a weird look. As soon as Tawny looked around, it was as if the entirety of the crowd dining there immediately went back to their meals, like nothing had happened. That was fucking weird, Tawny quietly muttered. Jimmy Lynn's parents looked at each other with a puzzled look. I was probably just because of how stunningly beautiful you are, her mother said as she reached over and patted the top of Tawny's hand. The following day, the four of them took to the town to take in a bit of local history. Jamie Lynn was taken aback at how open and welcoming her parents had become with Tawny. This town, rich with culture, seemed to be affecting the way her mother saw Jamie Lynn's life. 
As the day grew into evening, evening into dusk, Tawny pulled Jamie Lynn aside. See, I told you they'd love me. Her parents called it a night, and the gals made their way back to their new home. Lying down in bed, Jamie Lynn rolled onto her side towards Tawny. I'm just floored at how well my mother is taking this whole thing. She went from being secretly ashamed of me to being thrilled I have the prettiest girlfriend in town. Tawny grinned. Well, you just wait until tomorrow at breakfast. I'm cooking my mom's famous biscuits and gravy. That'll be the nail in the coffin for your mom's concerns. And she was right. Holy moly, Jamie Lynn's mother said as she took her first bite. She's pretty and she can cook. Tawny squeezed Jamie Lynn's thigh under the table and mouthed the words, told you. Her mother continued. Tawny, you said your mother taught you how to cook this? I must. I just must have the recipe. Her father groaned in agreement through a mouthful. Yeah, she did. She was a, a great mom when I was growing up, taking care of me the way she did, always teaching me things like cooking, gardening, sewing. And she and my father were very gentle and sweet. When I was old enough, they were able to tell me that I had been adopted. She pulled a picture from a box sitting on the side table close by. She handed it to Jamie Lynn's mother. See, that's them holding me when I was about four. We were at some beach down south. I don't remember which one. Jamie Lynn was worried that her mom was going to harp on Tawny's childhood and found herself pleasantly surprised when she squealed with excitement at the picture. Ooh, look at how cute you were. My dear. We have a picture that's almost the same. She jumped up from the table to retrieve her purse. Walking back to the dining room, digging in the bag, she muttered, I I swear it's in here somewhere. I, I keep it close at all times. It makes me smile every time I look at it. Ah, here it is. She pulled a picture fold out, flipped it to a picture, and handed it to Tawny. Never, never mind that terrible swimsuit I'm wearing. But Jamie Lynn, she was just as cute as a kid as you were. Cute as a button. Look at her. Jamie Lynn began to tear up. Mom, I never knew you carried that around with you. Her mother nodded. Of course I do. Reminds me that no matter what, she reached across the table and rested her hand on Jamie Lynn's cheek. You'll always be my little baby girl. Later that afternoon, her parents were all packed up and ready to hit the road. Big hugs and exuberant goodbyes were given. Her mother asked, Jamie, dear, will you walk me to the car, please? Jamie Lynn obliged. Walking slowly with her mother, she listened as she spoke softly. Look, honey, I I know I am a bear when it comes to accepting your lifestyle. But I gotta tell you, seeing you two together... I must say, I have never seen you happier. And she is just an absolute peach. Your father has been harping on me to be better about this whole thing, and, of course, I will give it my all and change what I can about the way I think. Jamie Lynn began to cry and hugged her mom. 
Ah, oh, Mom, that's really sweet. A few weeks had passed since Tawny and Jamie Lynn got fully settled into their new home. Pictures slowly finding their spots on the walls, kitchen tools being placed in their forever spots, and Jamie Lynn's home studio finally taking form in the basement. Tawny endlessly saying how lucky they had gotten to find such a great deal, Jamie Lynn smiling and nodding in agreement. I don't believe the realtor though, Jamie Lynn said while stirring a pot of coconut chicken curry as Tawny wrapped her arms around her waist from behind pecking her gently on the cheek. I'd put good money on the fact something crazy happened here. The neighbors, they're nice, but kind of gave me the feeling they expected this house to just to never sell. Tawny slid her hand across Jamie Lynn's shoulder as she leaned back onto the marble-topped island. What'd they say? What was it? She asked. Jamie Lynn rested the spoon on a dish in the middle of the stove and turned to face Tawny. Shrugging her shoulders, she muttered, You know, just that it's a shame that this house sat for so long, that it is, she raised her hands and air-quoted, a blessing to finally see people make this into a home. She made a face indicating that she believed what they meant to say was making it a home it had never been. For months, the two of them joked endlessly about hearing ghosts or witnessing spectacles of supernatural natures. The further they dug into the house being haunted by some tormented spirit, the more they began to believe something had actually happened there. Something the realtor wasn't completely honest about. Not that he was aware of, he had said. That is just an admittance of knowledge, Jamie thought as she sat over the keyboard, poking at it to make horrendously spooky sounds for the movie she was currently scoring. She pulled her headphones from her head and placed them on a hook above the monitors. She yawned and stretched, noting that the time was 2.16am. She knew she had to be quiet as she climbed up the stairs to join Tawny, who was already fast asleep. Tawny was slated to be up in three hours for her shift at the college. She had landed a job in the library, mainly digitally cataloging old stock, and was thoroughly enjoying it. As Jamie Lynn crawled into bed, Tawny murmured some gibberish. Jamie Lynn quietly chuckled and fluffed the pillow behind her head. She turned on her side to switch the bedside lamp off, and when she returned to lying on her back, Tawny was sitting up slowly turning her head towards Jamie Lynn with her eyes rolled back and screaming in a low guttural tone. Jamie Lynn grabbed at Tawny trying to shake her awake. Tawny slowly turned her head forward away from Jamie Lynn and returned to the pillow. Her eyes closed and she was back to sleep. What the fuck was that? Jamie Lynn whispered. When she realized tears had begun running down her cheek. She wiped them away and got comfortable. The remainder of the night, all she could do was stare at the ceiling, watching as the sun began to creep through the curtains. Her eyes finally closed and she dozed off. When she awoke, Tawny was gone. She fumbled with her phone as she noticed that it was late in the morning. Tawny would be home from her shift in a few hours and she needed to get out of bed. 
a strong pot of coffee and a hot shower were what got her moving. She threw together a quick lunch that she and Tani could share when Tani returned home from the library. Gazing through the window over the kitchen sink, she could see into the neighbor's backyard. I should go say hello, she muttered, noticing they were outside doing yard work. An older couple that still seemed spry and youthful. Hey there, I'm Jamie Lynn. We met briefly the other day, but I didn't catch your names. The two raised to their feet from their garden. Oh, my heavens, yes, we, we did meet you. But we got so excited that we didn't tell you who we were. It's so finally nice to meet you, Jamie Lynn, the wife said. Hey there, we're Ben and Viv, the husband said as he brushed dirt from his knees. How, uh, how you liking the new home? Viv asked. Jamie Lynn answered with a smile, looking back towards the house. It's pretty amazing. I can't believe we got the deal that we did. Ben chuckled and said, Yeah, it's almost as if it were just sitting there the whole time waiting for you two, wouldn't you say? Jamie Lynn agreed. Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Viv ushered Jamie Lynn closer to the fence line. We have a whole crop of tomatoes, squash, beans, you name it, sweetie, we have it. We'll put together a big basket for you gals. We'll send it over to you, okay? I'll have Ben drop it off for you. She said, looking back to Ben. Won't we, honey? Ben shook his head in affirmation. I'm going to let you two get back to it. It was really nice meeting y'all. Jamie Lynn waved as she turned to walk away. Pleasure's all ours, Viv said with a smile. Walking through the yard and back to the kitchen door, Jamie Lynn heard Tawny pull into the driveway. She hurried inside and put two plates of food together quickly. Tawny put down her bag next to the door when she walked in and let her hair down. Well, 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 what do we have here? She asked, smiling, pulling Jamie in for a kiss. Well, I figured you'd be hungry. How was work? Tawny pulled out a chair and sat down. You know, I really like cataloging all their stuff. Some of this shit is so old I feel like it's going to fall apart in my hands. I swear a few of the books are even hand-woven. Jamie Lynn chuckled along with her. She thought about asking Tawny if she remembered what had happened last night. But seeing how jubilant Tawny was, she decided against it. Since moving to Shepherdstown, Tawny's demeanor had flourished, bringing her back to being the happy-go-lucky woman Jamie Lynn had fallen in love with. Moving to Clarksburg a few years ago to be with Jamie Lynn was a tough move for Tawny. She had not readied herself for how much she was looked down upon there and insulted. Jamie Lynn could tell the new house, the new town, the move itself was the best thing either of them could have done. Well, officially met the neighbors a few minutes ago, Jamie Lynn said. Tawny smirked and asked, Didn't you say you met them already? Jamie Lynn nodded. You know, kind of. It was just on the sidewalk. It was really quick. We didn't exchange names. They were really, really sweet, though. I have to say, it was very nice not getting the, oh, you're one of them gays look. Oh, and they are going to share some of what is growing in their garden with us. Tawny's eyes grew wide. Oh my god, a dinner party? Babe, are we finally going to have a sweet couple to double date with? Jamie Lynn shook her head in what seemed to be a slow onset of astonishment. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll see. I usually don't expect much out of boomers, but maybe these guys are special. Tawny smiled, grabbed both of their plates, and stood from the table. She sauntered into the kitchen and rinsed them off in the sink. 
turning dramatically to Jamie Lynn, she exclaimed, Holy shit, I hope they have some of those big, fat, ugly tomatoes. God, I love those. Jamie Lynn laughed. Calm down. I'm sure whatever we get from them will be absolutely delicious. Tani made her way to the couch and fired up Netflix. Jamie Lynn motioned to her that she was returning to the basement to work on some music she needed to finish. Tani gave a quick thumbs up and kicked her feet up onto the ottoman. Take your time, babe. I'm just going to relax, watch some dumb TV show, probably take a nap, she said as she got comfortable. Jamie Lynn clicked her mouse and the screen of her Mac kicked on. But it wasn't the home screen she was used to seeing. At first, she thought it was a glitch. Clicking a few keys, she sat back quickly as a terrible distorted fuzz blasted through the speakers. She covered her ears and used the toe of her shoe to click the on-off switch on the power conditioner in the rack next to her desk. Before the screen went black, and that awful sound fell into a dampened silence, she swore she heard the same guttural growl that Tawny had made in her sleep. At the top of the stairs, she heard Tawny swing the door open quickly, maneuvering down the steps. What the hell was that? Jesus, it shook the windows. She noticed Jamie Lynn had a look of discernment on her face. Babe, babe, what's wrong? Did your music toys break? Tawny pulled her in for a hug. I have no idea what that was, Jamie Lynn said. Tawny chuckled and whispered in Jamie Lynn's ear. What scared the hell out of me? Too bad you didn't catch that on tape. That would have been such a killer sound for horror movie music. They both laughed. Jamie Lynn clicked the power button on and watched as her Mac rebooted as if nothing crazy had just happened. Hey, you, you good? Tawny asked, clearly wanting to return to relaxing. Yeah, babe, I'm good, Jamie Lynn replied. Tawny turned to climb the stairs. She paused. Then she screamed. Wait, what? What is it? Jamie Lynn asked as she jumped to her feet. Tawny pointed to the top of the stairs. I saw someone walk past the door into the kitchen. Tawny was shaking. Jamie Lynn shushed her. Hey, hey, hey. Are you sure it wasn't the shadow from the big tree outside? It's been really windy today. Tawny shook her head slowly. No. No, I swear. I swear I saw someone. Jamie Lynn looked around the room and found a broken boom stand. She grabbed it and wielded it like a warrior's staff. Stay here. I'm going to go check it out. She got about halfway up the steps when her Mac began blaring that awful, awful sound again. Causing Tawny to cover her ears and fall to her knees, crying. Turn it off! The switch on the strip! Down under the desk! Jamie Lynn yelled. She saw Tawny on her knees, hands on her head swaying back and forth, saying no, 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 over and over and over again. Jamie Lynn swiftly returned to the studio and switched the power supply off. The sound went dead, leaving them both with a faint, offset buzzing in their ears. She knelt down next to Tawny, and out of the corner of her eye, she saw someone lurking at the top of the stairs. Everything all right down there? It was Ben. We heard you all from the backyard. What was that god-awful noise? He had a big goofy smile on his face. 
Tani and Jamie Lynn both let out the breaths they had been holding. <sighs> sorry, sorry, it was coming out of my studio monitors down here. They might be on the fritz, Jamie Lynn said as she stood. They met Ben at the top of the stairs. How long have you been in here? Tani asked. Oh, just a few seconds, maybe a minute. Took me a little while to find out where you guys were, he said. That answer satisfied Tani, but Jamie Lynn, not so much. Ben, how did you get in here? Jamie Lynn asked. He pointed towards the back door. Oh, it was, uh, it was cracked open. Figured you guys maybe left it that way. Tani and Jamie Lynn looked at each other. Wait, you guys left it open, right? He asked. They both shook their heads, letting him know they had not left it open. Ah, uh, must have been the damn wind. You know, the family that lived here years ago had problems with that door, always blowing open when it got windy. Jamie Lynn wanted to ask, did theirs also open when it was fucking locked? But decided to keep the smartass remark to herself. You know what, Ben? Thanks for checking on us, she said instead. He pointed to the back deck. Oh, hey, I got that basket for y'all. They followed him to the door and saw a handbasket overflowing with fresh produce from their garden, sitting on the outdoor dining table. I was about to knock when I heard a scream. Jamie Lynn looked over at Tawny, who was already gushing over the tomatoes in the handbasket. Well, we appreciate your bravery, Ben. How would you and Viv like to join us for dinner tomorrow evening? Jamie Lynn asked. Oh, we wouldn't miss it for the world. He responded with a smile. They walked him around to the side of the house and back to the driveway. You guys, you guys sure you're all right? He asked one final time. Yeah, Ben, just a little startled. But we will definitely see you tomorrow night for dinner. Thank you for this. Tawny held up the basket. Ben slowly strutted to the front door of his and Viv's house, waved and smiled, watching the girls return into theirs. The door closed behind him, and there was Viv standing. He jumped. Jesus, Viv, scared the hell out of me. She smiled, but not at the fact that she had scared him. Ben sighed and said, he was there. I felt him. Through a crooked smile, Viv responded. Oh, Ben, he's always been there. The energy you felt means he knows she's back after all these years of waiting. Oh, he must be so eager. She clapped her hands together as if she were a child. Oh, Ben, tell me, tell me please, did you see him? Ben nodded, but looked disheveled. She smiled that sinister smile again and gave him a hug. Swaying together, they began humming a tune akin to an old church hymn. Later that night, Tawny on deep and bellowed to Jamie Lynn. Oh, babe, I think I'm going to go to bed. I am pooped. They were cuddling on the couch, snacking on popcorn, and watching an old sci-fi film. Jamie Lynn leaned in and kissed Tawny on the cheek. Okay, babe, I'll be up in a bit. Gonna work on some more of that score. I really need to get it done soon. Tawny grinned. Thank God you got that damn computer to work properly. If that sound happened late at night, 
I think we would both die from heart attacks. Jamie Lynn watched as Tawny climbed the stairs to their bedroom. Nice tush, she mused. Tawny chuckled and smacked her own behind. Ain't too shabby, is it? They both chuckled and went their separate ways. Jamie Lynn stood at the top of the stairs, leading down to her studio. In the dark, with only the screen of her Mac lowly lighting the area, she could almost make out the figure of someone standing at the bottom. She flicked the switch and the studio lit up like a baseball stadium. Nothing or no one was there. As she began descending, she pulled the door closed behind her. At the bottom of the stairs, she took a gander up at the door. In the light from the kitchen, under the door, it looked as if someone was standing there. She reached over and grabbed the broken boom stand she had intended to use violently earlier and raced up the stairs. She flung the door open. She looked around frantically. But there was no one. She shook her head and said to herself, God damn it, I'm seeing shit. At least this puts me in the proper headspace for writing a horror score. All right, I better get back to work though. Returning down the stairs, she tossed the boom stand to the corner and rolled her desk chair out. She flopped down, rolled herself under the desk, pulled the keyboard out and slid the headphones over her ears. She pulled up the next scene of the movie and began layering detuned, octavated organ sounds. When the scene went black, she returned the cursor to the beginning and listened to what she had just played. Pleased with what she had captured, she decided to watch the scene in full just in case some stray note needed to be replayed. The scene went black and she queued up the next. Something on her screen caught her eye, not on the screen itself, but in its reflection. Behind her on the stairs was a figure, hooded in a cloak. She whipped the chair around and reached for the boom stand there wasn't anybody there. The stairs were empty. She rubbed her eyes and grumbled, Jesus fucking Christ, what is going on? With her face rested in her hands and her elbows on her thighs, she whispered, Get a grip, Jamie. It's just this damn movie fucking with you. As she turned back to the screen. The movie she was scoring was a riff on modern occultism. The story follows an expecting mother who gets tricked into bearing the second coming of Apok, the Mayan god who ruled Metnal. She was convinced the artistic dive she had taken into the movie's score had affected her mental health. Seeing the shit she was seeing was most likely her body telling her she just needed a break sounded good enough in her head, so she decided to take the remainder of the night and actually rest. She saved her progress and grabbed her bowl and a bag of weed. 
She ascended the stairs and peered at the bottom as she turned off the light, expecting to see the figure again. But when the lights went dark, no figure was in the studio. Thank God, she sighed. Quickly opening the back door, she grabbed a lighter out of a dish on the counter. The packed weed burst into radiant colors of orange and crimson as she inhaled her first hit. Feeling relief for the first time all day, she let out the cloud of smoke and rested her head on the back of the patio chair. She took another deep hit from the bowl, watching as the smoke rose into the sky, the light of the porch cutting through it, making it look as if it was dancing. She stood and glanced over to Ben and Bibbs, hoping they didn't just see her smoke weed. She giggled. Eh, they seem like old hippies anyway. She turned, catching something in the distance. Fifteen to twenty feet past their back fence in the clearing before the stream, she squinted. She got up, opened the door slowly. She reached inside and killed the porch light. In the dim light of the moon, she saw ten people standing in the clearing. They fell to their knees and began what looked like praising her. Hey! Hey! She yelled, running towards the rear of the yard. As she neared the back gate, she stumbled over a rock, falling and catching herself on a tree trunk. Rising quickly to her feet, she peered out at the clearing. They were gone. What Jamie Lynn didn't see was in the bedroom window at Ben and Viv's. Viv rested her head on Ben's shoulder as they watched Jamie Lynn rummage around in the grass of the clearing. She was whispering, The fun begins. Soon, my dear, soon our patience will pay off, she said as she took Ben's hand and led him away from the window to the bed. Tawny found Jamie Lynn at the dining room table when she woke up for her shift at the library. Jamie Lynn had the laptop open and was typing vigorously. Morning, babe, Tawny said softly as she kissed Jamie Lynn on the top of the head, peering at the screen. What are you looking up? she asked. Jamie Lynn turned in the chair as Tawny meandered into the kitchen to make coffee. So, last night, I swear... I saw people out by the stream, like like they were praying, but towards our house. Tawny's motion of filling the coffee maker with grounds paused. She turned to Jamie Lynn. What? Okay, I know it sounds weird, but I swear to you, there were like eight or ten people. They were on their knees, bowing with their fucking arms out. Tawny finished loading the machine and turned and said, Babe, did you smoke last night? She pointed at the bowl next to the laptop. Oh, yeah, I did, but come on. No weed is strong enough for me to hallucinate. Jesus, I've been smoking weed since I was a teen. Jamie Lynn fired back. So, listen, she continued on. I have done a deep dive down a rabbit hole of weird occult-like activity around here. As Jamie Lynn talked, 
Tani sat at the table with her. So it turns out there are a bunch of, like, redacted accounts of something that happened here 25 years ago. Here, she pointed down at the ground, as in here in this house. I looked up to see how long this house had been on the market. It wasn't even listed before I found it a few months ago. The only thing not redacted is how some child from this house went into foster care. The craziest part is none of this shit was available online until it was logged digitally. And it just so happened to be logged, are you ready for this? Yesterday, where you work at the library. Tawny stood almost spilling her coffee on the table. Wait, wait, what, this house? She gasped. Jamie Lane continued, I can't find anything else except for the records from a local orphanage ran by nuns. Some Catholic thing up on the hill. Tawny began to shake. Oh, I think I'm going to call in to work. This is not good. I feel really, really not well right now. Jamie Lynn stood and caressed her arm. No, babe, I think what you should do is go to work and see what you can find at the library. If these records were logged yesterday, there might be something more for us to read up on there. Tawny, not normally the brave one in the relationship, shook her head. You know what, that's actually a great idea. I know exactly where the books are on the local history. So, hold on, let me think here. Wait, what are you gonna do though? Jamie Lynn ran a hand through her hair, fixing her bun. I'm going to that orphanage. Later that morning, Tawny clocked in. She went about her normal routine, made her way through the library and into the employee lounge, where she requested to log the books in the local history section. With a smile, she was given the go-ahead by her supervisor. Jamie Lynn took the windy road up the mountain just outside of Shepherdstown to a quaint brick three-story building that overlooked the town. A bell above the door rang as she opened the entrance and walked into the foyer. A young nun approached her. Good morning, miss. How may I help you? Jamie Lynn twisted one of her fingers in her left hand with her right hand, like you do when you're nervous. She answered, Well, I'm hoping you do exactly that. I really needed some help with something. I need some information. The nun held out a hand, taking one of Jamie Lynn's and hers lightly. Come with me, dear. We have a more private area to talk. She guided Jamie Lynn down a hall past a large dining room where children were eating breakfast. Just in here, the nun said as she ushered Jamie Lynn into a large office surrounded by shelves full of books. I'm Sister Rosalind. Jamie Lynn smiled as she sat on the couch, the sister joining her. I'm Jamie, Jamie Lynn. I was wondering if you can tell me anything about an occurrence of a child being taken into your care about 25 years ago from this address? She handed Sister Rosalind a paper with their home address on it. Immediately, she could tell Sister Rosalind was uncomfortable. You know, our records for children taken during this year would be... She stood and walked over to one of the shelves. Right here, uh, in these books right here. She welcomed Jamie Lynn to look through them. While you peruse, I will go around and fetch the house mother who was here during that year. She might be able to help you a little bit more. She shielded herself with the cracked door, almost as if she was hiding an unsupervised child in the office. 
Jamie Lynn took down a book and began to page through the handwritten records. When Sister Rosalind returned with Mother Juliet Anne, she seemed more shaken than before. Here, uh, Jamie, this is Mother Juliet. She can assist you further. It was really nice meeting you. Sister Rosalind lowered her head and scurried out of the room. Now, young lady, why would you be looking for the child that was rescued from such atrocities? Jamie Lang calmly replied to Mother Juliet, Well, well, I bought that house, and to be frank, there has been a little bit of odd activity in the last few days. Mother Juliet raised an eyebrow and began with, Well, the little girl we took in, she couldn't have been more than two years old. I believe she was the sole survivor that night. Jamie Lynn found herself inching towards the edge of the couch, listening to Mother Juliet Anne speak. When Tani and Jamie returned home, they shared what information each of them had been able to procure. Tani went first. Okay, the, uh, the only thing I was able to find was some weird-ass religious cult had helped found part of Shepherdstown. They called themselves the Shepherds of the Old Law. That was back when the first European settlers began moving inland from the coasts. Rumor has it they were basically like the poorest of the poor. They held the Old Testament as high law, thus Old Law. And then you fast forward to the 70s, most Christian facets here in the area forced them out of existence. Some didn't go easily, like they had to be killed. The last one to be killed in 1977 was caught trying to kidnap an infant. Okay, they claimed the infant was to be regarded as the new living mother of the shepherds, whatever the fuck that means. Jamie Lynn nodded along, listening intently. The redacted records you read about unfortunately didn't pop up anywhere in the historical books. Jamie Lynn scrunched her face in disappointment. But, but, listen, I was able to pull up an old newspaper article that basically says the same shit happened here, except it was a group of people claiming to be the new branch shepherds. They invaded the house we're sitting in right now to murder the parents of a two-year-old girl and steal her for some sort of ritual. Get this, the neighbors saved the child. Benjamin and Vivian Henderson. Due to a legal battle that ensued, Ben and Viv were forced to hand the child over to the orphanage that you went to today. Jamie Lynn held up a hand, and they told me very little other than that the child was rescued. She air-quoted rescued from some evil activity. I could tell the two nuns I discussed it with were very, very unhappy talking about it. So it looks like you found out more than I did, but they did tell me the little girl was adopted almost immediately and moved away. But they don't know where she went. It was a closed adoption. Jamie Lynn raised an eyebrow. Wait, what? Babe, what are you thinking? You're thinking something, Tani asked. Well, wait, this little girl, 25 years ago, being two years old, I mean, Tani, you're 27. You don't think... Jamie Lynn asked. Tani shook her head vigorously. No, I was adopted out of St. Jude's in Pittsburgh. There's no way. Tani reached over and caressed Jamie Lynn's shoulder. 
She smiled. Babe, you're tired. You need to get some rest. She suggested taking a quick nap before getting started on dinner. You know, we've got Ben and Viv coming over in a few hours. Maybe we should just lay down and take a nap, she muttered as she ushered Jamie Lynn up from the table. Jamie Lynn fell asleep first, fast and hard. Tawny, still wired from her research, scrolled on her phone trying to find out anything else. Suddenly, her screen froze. The phone vibrated, and the screen cracked in her hand. She threw it down on the bed and scooted away from it. It continued to vibrate, and from the speakers, as if it had answered a call, a low voice howled the words. The new guard welcomes you. Tawny stood in shock. Then the room went black. Jamie Lynn awoke shortly after because she heard Tawny mumbling. She rubbed her eyes and turned to see Tawny standing there, her arms contorting around each other above her head, her shoulders popping and cracking. Her eyes were rolled back and the gibberish she was mumbling cleared. Her body became still and she looked down at Jamie Lynn with nothing but white in her eyes. A voice that was not Tawny's bellowed. Jamie Lynn jumped from the bed and eased herself back against the wall, terrified. Tawny went limp and fell on the bed. Shaking with fear, Jamie Lynn inched closer to Tawny, reaching a hand out carefully to touch her on the shoulder. Tawny shot awake. Oh, uh, hey babe, did you enjoy your nap? She asked, clearly unaware of what had just happened. She noticed tears welling in Jamie Lynn's eyes. Babe, babe, are you okay? Jamie Lynn caressed Tawny's cheek with both hands. We have to get out of here. Something really wrong is happening. Tawny, confused, slowly pulled Jamie Lynn's hands from her face, squeezing her wrists lightly. The squeezing grew stronger until Tawny was actually hurting her. Tawny's head tilted quickly to the right, the bones in her neck popping. Her eyes rolled back again. The growling tone of the otherworldly voice filled the room, spilling out of Tawny's lips. There is no leaving. The time is upon us. Jamie Lane quickly pulled her hands from Tawny's grasp. She turned and ran for the bedroom door. There is no escape. She peered back and saw Tawny rise as if she was growing, bones pulsating under her skin, crackling with joints of motion as she swayed around the bed towards Jamie Lynn. Watching in horror as the woman she loved became less and less recognizable, Jamie Lynn broke from the imprisoning shock and bolted out of the room. She leapt down the stairs two at a time, grabbed her bag from the bench by the front door and swung it open. A burst of light flashed and she closed her eyes. A fiery pain in her forehead exploded as she tumbled a stern landing hard on her back. Right before the room went dark, she saw Ben and Viv standing over her. Viv cackling and clapping her hands together as she bounced from heel to toe. Ben holding a stone, dripping with Jamie Lynn's blood. When she came to, Finding herself bound and unable to break free, the first thing to come into focus was a completely distorted, disfigured beast snarling, 
drool dripping from large canines that were more fang than tooth, warm breath heaving into her face, like a bear sniffing a potential meal. She looked into the beast's face, cowering and distraught as she looked into its eyes, staring at her with nothing but malice and hunger behind them. She turned away and saw that she was surrounded by a group of people in cloaks, hooded on their knees, humming the words, Mother of the new guard has returned. Mother of the new guard has returned. She rolled her head to the other side and saw Viv hand in hand with Ben. They fell to their knees announcing, Mother of the new guard, feed upon our sacrifice. The beast roared, shaking the house. Pictures vibrating off the walls. One of the pictures crashed next to the makeshift altar Jamie Lynn was bound upon. She looked down to see that it was one of Tawny's favorite pictures. As the beast began to tear at her flesh, she screamed out, not losing focus on the picture of a young Tawny being held by her adoptive parents, the smile full of hope and happiness. She turned, writhing in pain, to look up as the beast was ferociously clawing, ripping and eating at her, slicing through constricted muscles, crushing bone. The world faded away, and Jimmy Lynn took one final breath through a gargled plea, looking into the eyes of the monstrosity that was devouring her. One last glimpse into those beautiful green eyes. Today's story was tracked, scored, mixed, and mastered at the Great Divide Den. Thanks again for listening. Looking forward to seeing you next week for another case of the Hebe Jeebies. <laughs>